0: Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. Hi, everyone. You are listening to episode number one of the Phase World Podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. There are already so many podcasts out there. Why create one more? Well, I believe that brilliant people are around us and they should share their unique experiences. So instead of seeking advice from only the top 1% of the world, this podcast is a platform where we can ignite unsung heroes and cherish their stories. I'm a senior digital producer at an advertising agency. I had the pleasure to work with a variety of clients including SAP, Fidelity, Talbots, Lixotica, Phillips, IBM, American Eagle Outfitters. In and outside of work, I've been blessed to have encountered people I dreamed about interviewing. Our conversations are then made into these little podcast episodes I hope you all will enjoy. Let me give you an idea of a few people you will meet on this podcast. First off, Caleb Brown, whom you're going to hear from today, Caleb is a user experience designer, a comic book writer, and an incredible human being. Michael O'Malley, the first American Taekwondo practitioner to win the Pan Am Games, who is still teaching hundreds of students today above and beyond just kicking and punching. Matt Lindley, an advertising executive who creates big ideas during the day for Fortune 100 clients, but he also helps house hundreds of homeless people every year and raising tens of millions of dollars to help struggling members of the community. Without further ado, today's very special guest is Caleb Brown. Caleb and I met at an ad agency in Boston. He was a senior user experience designer, and I had the pleasure to work with Caleb on a number of projects. Caleb simply lights up every room he walks in and inspires everyone around him. For example, he initiated a weekly meeting called Let's hashtag walk doc. So here's what was in the meeting agenda I need to share with you. Let us not spend the day indoors. Does it sound familiar? Let us form a photo posse. Let us be a walk documentation insurgency. Let us try not to get hung up if it's rainy or if we get too busy. Let us invite others who might also enjoy the experience. Well, you get the idea. When I got impatient, frustrated, and needed a break, people at work will point me to Caleb. In addition to hashtag WalkDoc, Caleb started another club called Vexillology. Let's just be honest. I had never heard of that word before. It's the study of flags, Caleb explained. People like Caleb are rare, which makes me even more eager to interview him. I hope you all enjoy this conversation. So thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. Thank you, Caleb. And, you know, I feel like I don't have a set format for how I want to do this going forward. I do have a list of people I absolutely admire. And still learn from every day, whether they're here, present in front of me, or have taught me very early on in my career. List of people, but you're the first person I decided to interview.
1: I'm completely honored.
0: Thank you, and apologize for moments that where I have to like stutter on some words, and um, I'm not the best I could be just yet.
1: But oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm not the best I could be just yet either. And isn't that the point? Like, aren't we going to be better and better and better as time goes on? Yeah. So. Thank so you. no, you're not allowed to apologize, All and right. me neither. No apology.
0: No, no sorry. No sorry. Okay. Um, not sorry. That's like the the over campaign that had 46 million views on YouTube. Penteen, like sorry, not sorry for women. That said, I would love to have you introduce yourself to my audience, our audience. Okay. About who you are, a couple of minutes if you want.
1: All right, Um, and you can help shape this. Um, Love to. uh, My name is Caleb, and um, um, I'm a middle-aged person. Uh, I'm an American male. Sometimes I've been experimenting with calling myself a Middle-Earth person instead of a middle-aged person because, uh, you know, I identify with that fantasy universe. Um, Let's see, I'm I'm an artist. Um, I I grew up in Boston, and... um, uh, I had a brief sojourn um, in Rhode Island for school and I've studied in, J- in Japan for a while um, my wife and I lived in California and Montana I feel like I had some really um, wonderful substantial experiences out um, in the natural world in Montana especially and I brought those back with me to um, this area and my kids we had twins we brought those back with us from California and um, I've always made things, made drawings, and uh, I've always been really busy by myself. Like um, I had uh, a childhood that was sometimes great and sometimes really painful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember when I think about my childhood, I think about a lot of times um, uh, in my room by myself, like inventing games or uh, making stuff up or reading or uh, building things. And so that, um, that continues to be how I engage with the world. So, um, uh, Faye, you and I met here at, at Arnold and, um, I feel like instantly, you know, we, we recognize something, um, in the other person and, um, something that we wanted to kind of like, um, uh, go deeper with, you know, and look mm-hmm. into together, like, what, what is this thing, what's this spark that, that mm-hmm. we share, and, uh, you know, we went on some walks in the middle of the mall where Arnold used to be, and, uh, you know, we, that's where our friendship started, and I remember mm-hmm. walking around um, the Christian Science Fountain mm-hmm. and just talking about, you know, um, our lives and China and America, mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, you're a charter member of uh, my vexillology club, mm-hmm. So I feel very, uh, very, very proud um, to talk to you today. Um, I guess that's me. Like, I'm in the middle of a transition, you know, myself from Arnold. And um, um, I'm interested to see, like, what's what's next and, uh, you know, to talk about some things that maybe um, are going to be consistent for me.
0: Yeah, thank you. Fantastic intro. And I was going to dive right into sort of UX, user experience, and I think I'm going like change that course a little bit and talk about art for a moment.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: you mentioned that you are an artist. What type of artist, and perhaps we shouldn't sort of constrain ourselves into a single category, mm-hmm. and people have such different lenses and look at fine artists, comic artists, and all these uh, digital artists. Mm-hmm. Um, could you help the audience understand uh, the artist you are?
1: I can try um, and, and uh, in answering this question of course like I'm talking to myself too because I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that like what what kind of artist am I anyway a lot of times I think if, you, if you're a creative person you um, you face uh, those uh, demons inside you you know that um, the voices that say that you're not good or you know you don't have anything to say or you're not an artist but um, ignoring those voices um, acknowledging them but ignoring those voices for now I guess I'll say that, um, I, uh, um, I think maybe my, like, core, um, is, is drawing. Um, and from there, uh, I've done a lot of printmaking, which, um, the kind of printmaking that I've done, um, etching and also woodblock printing, um, the kind of, uh, prints that I've made tend to be very, like, they, they have a line element, and, um, there's uh, other graphic parts of uh... those prints too but mostly i think the line has been there um, i've always done drawing like uh, little pieces of paper and big pieces of paper and on walls and um, in in sand i i spent a lot of time doing animations when i was younger uh... i found my parents and i went to europe and north africa when i was three and um, and i remember a lot of that trip and um uh... when we came back i discovered in some uh, pouch or piece of luggage uh, their super eight millimeter camera that they had taken um, they took movies i have some movies from um, you know nineteen seventy two uh, uh... in front of the pyramids and um, uh, on crete and other places in the mediterranean um, and i found that camera that they had used and i started making animations with it stop motion animations uh, with my cars, I had. I've always loved Matchbox cars. I had cars, and mm-hmm. um, so I just started experimenting. Um, so drawing, and also just experimenting with um, different uh, media. You know, like making things move, mm-hmm. putting things in sequence, um, trying to create the illusion of motion or narrative. Uh, that started when I was like seven or eight, um, and I, I, I continued to do, um, filmmaking and animation through high school. And, um, the last project I did was for a friend of mine that I went to college with and I made a music video that was drawn. It was like a bunch of drawings. Um, and then I actually, I used Keynote. I used like, um, uh, you know, a presentation program Mm -hmm. to make the animation happen. And I, you know, I'm not sure if it was, uh, if it worked, but, um, um, I wanted something that was like fast and, and, Mm -hmm. um, and simple and could present things um, in sequence. So, let's see, I've also done a lot of uh, performance art and uh, clowning and juggling um, when I was younger. (laughs) I did magic, I did birthday parties, and um, uh, when I was in my early twenties I did like science stunts around here, around Boston. Um, Now I tend to do um, much more, I've kind of circled back around to drawing, and uh, that's really intrinsic to the user experience work I do. Um, and also, um, it's the core of my cartooning. Um, so now my artwork is mostly about drawing, um, and uh, and like publishing, making little books, making stories. Um, I think that's where I where I am now.
0: I'm a I'm a huge fan of your work, and knowing you know a lot about my uh, background, my family as well. Yeah. you know, I grew up in a very artistic family. Really looking back, my father's side and my mom's side of the family combined, I think we have, say, half of them musicians, the other half are pretty much fine artists, and very privileged to be able to see some of the finest art mm. produced by my parents as well as people they had exposure to. Many of them are no longer living. Uh, many of them th- uh, were their mentors, but still, I was... Stunned by your comics and of course I absolutely admire you as a person you could argue that there's a personal connection maybe it, it isn't that great I could just hear part of you oh, kind of questioning that already. because we're
1: friends it's like maybe my comics stink but we're friends and so you're going so like to like it. Mm-hmm. and
0: I you know I, I encourage you know, my audience to definitely check it out themselves um, even like in the middle of listening to this podcast and can't really quite say that I have a personal connection to you So, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a Caleb Brown. Mm -hmm. That's a hyphen, yep. yep. Hyphen, yes, hyphen, Caleb Brown.com. And I realize one of the reasons I I like them so much is, you know, I'm 31 and there are moments I try to remember about my childhood. And just like yours, and there are many moments when I was a child I felt very lost. And my parents weren't around because I lived with my grandparents were very strict hmm. between the age of 6 to 10. I think that's a, that's a critical age for many of us to be discovering about ourselves and who we are. And somehow, just by reading your comics, I notice some of my childhood behaviors uh, once I thought it was really weird. Um, things I imagined. I created a world, honestly a world. Mm. I talked to my stuffed animals. I, you know, I was an only child. Clearly you are too. And to create a world that I didn't think anybody else outside of the world would understand. Whether they could even be my age, my friends didn't quite get it. And I felt so close to your drawing. And in particular, you know, And obviously, this is a happy podcast, but, like, one of the ones for David, I'm not sure if Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. saying the title correctly, is very, very short. And I was very lucky to be able to read the online version and then be able to get the physical version, which I think you took some pictures of and how you folded so neatly. And that was so magical on so many levels and very, very sad as well. Um, So you know, with all that said, encourage people to, to experience that, like, themselves, but what are some of, you know, some of the moments that you inspired yourself to create such comics, and, you know, who do you think are sort of your mentors or your inspirations? How, how does that all mm. come together?
1: Um, well, thanks for um, thanks for saying that about, uh, about the comic, and um, thanks for being, like, open to somebody else's experience you know my experience like I uh, just like you when we make worlds for ourselves um, I think we all like live in our own worlds um, But clearly we share a larger world and the challenge is to figure out like how how can like my world be like penetrated by the outside world and how can like things in my world come out and you know visit your world and vice versa David, uh, was like a really important friend of mine, uh, in Montana, um, when we were living there and I didn't know him for very long, but, um, it was just like a really great friendship. And, um, a lot of it was very like, um, like nothing, there wasn't anything, it was like special in its like unspecialness. Um, it was just like a really nice adult friendship and, um, David committed suicide. And I remember, um, Hearing that and just being so like feeling the loss so keenly, and um, at the time I was working um, in Woburn, which is like a um, you know kind of a western suburb of Boston, and I was not feeling really plugged into the work very much, and and uh, I had this like um, habitual practice of like leaving work during lunch um, and taking a walk. I love to walk and just be outside. I don't like, I, I've discovered about myself, I don't like being indoors. Uh, you know, I like to be outside. I like to feel the wind, you know, I like to like feel connected to what what's going on. Uh, and this was a place I was working and there was like really interesting work and gifted people, but like, you know, lots of fluorescent lights and cubicles and, uh, it was hard for me. I felt very oppressed. I was outside. I learned about David and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I want to respond, I want to respond in some way to this event, you know from inside. like you, you know what but how does one respond when a friend dies? I think like when you when you get older, when you're a child, like there it's very difficult to make a response. There can be sad things in your life. Sorrow happens to everyone, right? I mean, mm-hmm. loss happens to everyone. Um, but I think that as you get older, you realize that you have to make space as a grown-up in your life, um, an imaginary space um, for responses to occur in. If you are so tightly bound, if you are so like, if you define yourself so narrowly, if you're so like wound up um, and small, then there's no way to respond. Things will happen to you. People will die. People will move away. Like things will end. I mean, you know, eventually everything has to end. And it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. We don't, it's not something that any of us want to contemplate very much. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the like, most essential dichotomies I think that we deal with as human beings. Like mm-hmm. things come and they go, and like, you know, can we change them? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we can't necessarily change them, and you, it's very hard mm-hmm. to accept mm-hmm. that and to not feel like, "Oh great, well, I throw up my hands, and what's the point? You know Well, there is a point, I think. For me, the point is taking advantage of that moment and pivoting around it. Um, you know, my friend is dead, and he felt so, like, um, he must have felt, can I even imagine how he felt, like, let me, like, let me try, you know, what is it like to be, like, on the precipice of despair like
0: that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know?
1: I mean, I've been sad. I think we've all been sad, we've all been depressed, maybe. Mm -hmm. If we're lucky, actually, I mean, I think everybody, I think you'd be unlucky if you were never sad, but, like, Mm -hmm. um, because it's important. It's an important part of human experience, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I was like, I, I, I thought to myself, and I was happy to be outside, like, you know, David loved trees, he loved, he was a forester, um, he was an arborist, like, he knew a lot about the natural world, and I was like, I want to make a response um, to his life, and I, I immediately thought about, like, how I could fold it up, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted people to discover, just like you were describing, my um, remembrance of David, you know, like, I... Um, I can't put all of our the essence of our friendship into a comic, you know, but um but I could distill what um, what you know, some of the things that I felt when I was with him into this folded piece of paper. And so that was what I um, w- what I did that you saw on my website. when um when he died, I made a little painting.
0: Mm-hmm. I had
1: been um, taking a walk and and doing little paintings, just of like, you know, sometimes they were cars. Because I'd go into the parking lot and I oh there's cars this is a funny car mm-hmm. this is a like beautiful color for a car mm-hmm. or this is a nice tree I painted a tree for, for David on that day um, and then I carried with with me the seed of an idea that I was going to make a comic at some point so that it's was fantastic. a genesis yeah um, thank you so
0: and I'm, I feel so lucky that you had um, now we have the time for you to articulate sort of the birth of an artwork because not to uh, derive the subject, but what to me what's really interesting is the creation uh, of a piece of work. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes we're trained to go to the museums, you know, whether the paintings are thousands of years old, two, 300 years old, and I often stand in front of the painting and ask myself and try to imagine the creation of that work. And unfortunately, you know, hundreds of years ago, people didn't really have the luxury to say an artist's painting and somebody's painting the artist's painting. Mm. But I keep imagining that, um, it's a, I think it's a beautiful story, and it kind of carries on like his spirit, and, and I think that is a very natural reaction. Um, with that said, I, I think, you know, I feel like podcast, the reason for me to want to start this is it's a very personal approach. People do read and I read books and I love reading books, oftentimes more so, less on a digital device, and I love the, the mm. feeling flipping over the pages but to actually hear from you one of the one of the, the the truth about you which is really magical through your drawing or through sort of a personal connection to you um people at work tell me from every department every domain every age men women and there's a magical moment that you be you're able to touch their hearts very easily naturally in the most authentic way. I mean, I'm trying to articulate this process without sounding completely cheesy, but to me that is un- I mean, it's believable because I actually experienced that firsthand as well is why do you why why do you think that is? I mean, this is uh, you know, I ask people why do you think that is? And and you know, I especially I speak with uh, one of my personal interest um, areas to help junior people an agency at a company to continue to grow. And one of the things I asked them to do is, when you're sitting in a meeting, when you're interacting with people at the company, look out for the people who inspire you the most and observe their behavior. You might never become them. Mm -hmm. You might never be able to kind of master their techniques. Your name has come up over and over again of how you can so easily, naturally, sort of, you know, manage, facilitate a workshop. And what what is so special about you, Caleb? Tell tell me, tell us about it.
1: Um, well, I'm very like flattered by your um, introduction uh, uh, <laughs> uh, of this question. Um, I um, I don't know what's special about me. I mean, I think everyone is equally special. You know, like this is it. Nobody, there's never going to be another Fay <laughs> ever. You know, Thank you. and um, and. Uh, um, you have an obligation and I do too all of us have an obligation to I think this is just me talking I think we have an obligation to um, tap into our business you know like as much as we can like who are we what is going on right now we're the only people who can um, who can be here right now and we all come from the same place, you know, like we all come from, um, um, and I'll just briefly like invoke Carl Sagan. Um, for me, when I was a kid, like all of this uh, exploration, space exploration, like the um, the Voyager spacecraft and going to Saturn and seeing Jupiter um, and Jupiter's rings and, and the Great Red Spot for the first time, all of that um, sudden expansion of like, um, of what, what what we could discover about our Home solar system, like really blew me away, like I was, like you know, like an adolescent when all of this was happening, and the the very the very first space shuttle launch, and that really really impressed me. So I think I really believe that we all come from, you know, this the same matter, the same molecules, the same elements that were forged in stars, you know, and that's the Carl Sagan part of this. But so I think that you know, um, given that we're all made of the universe, like how is the universe supposed to know? Itself, you know, like there's parts of the universe that can sense, that's us, and reflect, be self-reflective. There's other parts, as far as we know, that can't. You know, we don't think like meteorite is like self-aware. Maybe they are, but um, I'm, I'm fairly sure that I'm self-aware. You know, um, so I feel like it's our job to be as like self-aware as as we can be, like in the moment, be present and pay attention. Um, so I think like. Um, I try really hard in meetings um, to do those things. I mean, it's it's one of those things that is like really simple but very hard. Um, for me, it's very hard. Um, I mean, you say that it looks easy or it's like, you know, effortless, but it's not. Like it takes a lot of effort. Um, and I've learned a great deal from people that I've watched. I think that's excellent advice, you know. Um, um, but don't watch people in a really cursory way. You don't have to stare either, but just like be completely there, and um, and like put the armor away. Like don't be afraid to look foolish or comedic or silly. You know, um, there's you're, you're gonna be dressed down by life. Life is gonna kick you in the pants. You know, and uh, it doesn't matter how you perform when you're on top. Like I think it matters like how you perform when things are. Um, going sideways, and what what you present to the world during those times, and what you share of yourself to other people. Like, other people need us, especially when things are going south, or when things are chaotic or out of control. I mean, I would argue that there are very few things we can control anyway, but um, one of the things that we're mostly in charge of is how um, we present ourselves And we can choose to present, like, you know, like layers of blubber or armor or insulation. We can choose to, like, lean back and, like, step out of the limelight. Or we can choose to, like, step in and say, listen, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to say next. But I'm committed to, like, this moment and being here. Um, As an artist, like, I don't have that many tools, you know, but as an artist, I can draw. And I can encourage people to draw with me. And so that's really the starting point.
0: If I may interject. Yeah, please. So many ideas formed in my head. And only if I were a professional podcaster, I can... I, I Which you are. Come you on. Know, this is I, your I'm podcasting becoming, right now. Yeah, I, the, a new podcast is born. I must say that the drawing it, in itself is mm-hmm. magical. But also sort of your interpersonal skills. And on top of that is just created a, a world of Caleb, uh, but not just a world for you to play in, but I feel like you approach people with open arms, mm. that everybody's invited. You create this sort of aura of, like, almost feels like a safety net that doesn't matter what is going on, and as we all know that, not just not just for agencies, but any company these days, you know, they can be quite chaotic, you know, for the most part. About drawing, real quick, is for me. I think that moment really happened, not just with my artistic, you know, background, but other people in in the room, who may or may not have half the family who are artists, mm. is to watch you just draw with a in, in this case a marker of any color, um, on a whiteboard, and I'm very naturally drawn to handsome writing, drawing uh, of anyone. So I was absolutely amazed, but then. The, the experience took me to a whole new level when you're trying to explain something to me one-on-one and you start drawing again. I felt very special that this person isn't just grabbing a mark and trying to demonstrate to 12 people, out of which two are president, SVPs, that look, I can do something you can't. And never felt that way. And we had the drawing one-on-one. Not only the ideas were very conveyed to me so easily that you're helping me solve puzzles mm. and I consider myself a really good puzzle solver as a project manager. And I love problem solving. A new sort of vision. And I felt so spoiled, too, that somebody is drawing a cartoon, like a comic book, so naturally, not constrained by frames, that I was able to see through this problem through a different lens. And on top of that, you're drawing backward. You're just, you're facing me like this, and you put a piece of paper in front of me. I had always been amazed by people who could write backward. I think we've all seen those people. And I've never been able to do that. And, and yet again, somebody's drawing backward. and then I, I've never seen that. And I don't think I'll ever be able to see my career again. Um.
1: Until you start doing it. I mean, that's the thing. Let's break it down, okay? Like some things you can do because you practice doing them. Right, mm-hmm. you know this because of your martial arts practice, you know that like you, you when you started, you couldn't do anything, and now you can do a lot of things and if you asked i don't know how old you were when you started your practice, but like when you asked like six year old fay um, like can you imagine that at some point you're going to be doing this amazing like twirl in the air and kicking and <laughs> you would say like, "Are you crazy like I can't do that, I could never do that, and those are damning words mm-hmm. so you can like you can. Twirl around and kick, and you can write backwards and draw backwards. That that is practice. Like, that that's that. It's not easy, but it comes in time.
0: I, um, I feel the responsibility to carry on your spirit, which in turn carry on my own spirit, and to be proud of it. At Arnold, right, uh, to be able to draw, to be able to facilitate a meeting, and be very present. I think when you are present, I find it very irresistible to not to be present like
1: well and that's the point is like like um and and by the way like you then i feel lucky to have seen what you produced the like drawing pictures that you made to describe to other people in our agency like the thoughts you were having about structure like it was all there like the beautiful writing the different colors the like the the way that the information was organized like you you showed me you reflected back to me like the very same um, constituent parts that you and I had drawn together, like so. That it was really nice to see that circle closed. But I think when you, when you draw with people, like I also don't know. Like I don't know how things are going to come out. Like it's risky for me. I don't always, and I worry all the time. Like oh, you know, is this going to look like what I want it to look like? I mean, I think. I think every human being probably worries that what what they're going to say isn't going to match what they're thinking or what they what's in their mind what uh, the image in their mind is not going to come out of their hand when they do a drawing or or a painting or they're you know at the keyboard um, we all fear that it's not going to come out the way that like we, we we can see it inside but i think we have to challenge ourselves just to like get through that and um, watch it come out wrong watch it come out wrong watch it come out wrong and then sometimes it comes out right and right or wrong it was worth having it come out because you invite other people mm-hmm. to be there with you mm-hmm. you know so like it's not everything that I do in a meeting is on purpose you know like like mm-hmm. f- from the way that I start to write when other people are talking to show them that like no Faye, like these are your words and like they're powerful and they're important mm-hmm. you know um, if you're the boss mm-hmm. or if you're kind of um, just starting out it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. you said these things and I wanna honor the fact that You know, you let these ideas out into the space between us in this meeting. Or, like, if you're talking about a structure or a relationship, if you're trying to, like, portray parts or, you know, like, talk about holism or talk about process, like, I want to be able to, like, get that down and and show it back to you and then validate. Like, Faye, is it something like this? Or Mm -hmm. is this the right metaphor? Or would you make this, like, um, circle be in a different area? Like, what is the flow? Like, does it start here? Does it end there like suddenly you have something to talk about um and you know then you show other people that they can pick up a marker too Mm -hmm. i always try and like this is an area where i'm still working like um some of it is performance you know um but um there's a moment where like you have to then like give the marker to another person um in, in in a context a business context the person who's standing and the person who's writing is in control of the room Mm -hmm. So um, um, I know that, and I try to, like, sometimes I try to, like, you know, establish, um, you know, a a vibe, and then I want to relinquish that. Sometimes to the person who hasn't said anything, I want to say, like, you know, um, the stove is now ready for you to cook something, you know? So, um, and then I very intentionally sit down or, like, go away, so that it's their turn, and you know, like you show people that they can do it. Um, so those things, like um, some of that, is just instinct. But like I, I just practice it every day, um, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. It's not like it's not magic, but um... It, it is fun, and 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 I do like the invitation part. I like the invocation part. I like saying this is like a sacred. It's not you know how people sometimes come into a meeting and they're like. Oh, another meeting. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe we're at this meeting again. I hate meetings. Like, it's going to stink. But you could try to turn that around. I think to myself like, "You know what? Like, my secret mission is to make this really fun. Like, I don't want to be here either."
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: So, what can we do together that's going to be fun?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It it just, you know, I feel like there's so many names and books are just kind of ringing in, in my mind of the theme you're painting, mm. and what's really unique is, um, I feel like your voice, your stories, is going to resonate so well with so many people in the world, because I feel like, in in sort of, in the day and age, is people are looking for certain books, certain figures. Um, Certain portraits that kind of say, okay, let me follow their footsteps because they are, you know, they made $50 million last year, or things around sort of a figure, you know, um, sort of self worth, uh, confusing self worth with net worth and cannot identify. Um, but I feel like I have never quite learned as much, you know, from particular. Public figure or book compared to what I've learned from you in a very short period of time, and I've only been an artist for ten months. I've known you for ten months. We don't work on all the projects together. What I've learned is just now and over the course. Of course, is effort over attributes. You know, and I didn't create that term. Hmm. Josh Waitzkin, uh, who is the, the genius, I mean, I shouldn't even use that word, but really the genius chess player, who's only in his 30s now, 36, 37, he was the first American to to win at the national level since he was six, seven, eight years old, he was a public figure, and he has, uh, he wrote the book, The Art of Learning, which I talked about very briefly, but even for someone like him, he said, it's not about emphasizing. I was born to be a chess player, Right. you know, and he really worked very hard. And I'm sure many people look at your drawing and be like, wow, that is experience. That is talent. Of course they are. But that doesn't mean that you can't start doing. Mm. And that's why I start using, you know, this is my first podcast. And I just, I'm so motivated to do more and more of this. And I wanted to be part two. Part three, part 100 with you to see, to continue following your journey, your passion. And perhaps what I'm building, not just a starting point, but also for people to see the process of your life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you are, you're timeless. You as a person, uh, uh, you know, as an idea, as an inspiration is timeless. And I can imagine myself in my 40s, 50s, 60s. And when I have grandkids, I really want to be able to go back to some of these um, audios and hopefully videos at some point to really kind of re-engage, you know, because we all feel like we know. Like, I talked to my mom. She's like, I never read any of these, you know, Tony Robbins books or, like, self-help and, you know, things all along. She's like, I know. I already know everything. And I'm so encouraged to tell my mom, no, you don't. You see how you behave to certain situations this morning, last week? We all need to be reminded. Mm. Um, so, so. Thank you for starting answering some of the, the questions I was so, so eager to ask up front. So the last 10 minutes, okay. I want to focus on the fact that UX, user experience, is such an interesting domain, and there's a lot of preconceptions, misconceptions associated with this domain, and perhaps you could give the audience sort of your take on what this field is and because your vision is very broad, mm-hmm. so instead of very narrow, like this wireframes, that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? You go above and beyond.
1: Mm. Um, I think it's great that it took us this long to get here. Um, <laughs> I guess, like, I've always been somebody who, um, I've never been comfortable with, like, um, names um, and uh, titles. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't, I don't even really know what to call myself. Um, but, um, I think, you know, again, very broadly, user experience is about, like, connecting the dots and linking people together, um, making things, um, accessible to people, making things things, um, and by thing, you know, I mean any kind of interface, anytime there's a person and a Something else could be another person could be a piece of uh, physical infrastructure like a building or a door, um, a stairway, um, or it could be digital. Mm-hmm. It could be um, it could be something kind of amorphous like healthcare.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it could be the aging process. It could be a pedagogy, it could be um, elementary age. Education in America, um, it could be a paperclip, you know. So uh, there's multiple interfaces um, that exist between people and and their world. Um, so I think user experience um, is there, um, and a lot of people do user experience. I don't think that it's something that a single person is in charge of or knows about so much as it's a team goal or a cultural goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a you know like um, Something that''s um, it's an evanef- evanef- evanescence, mm-hmm. like the sparkle mm-hmm. um, uh, that, that uh, it's like the carbonation um, that makes something more lively or more vibrant um, or more enjoyable. Um, I started uh, in the early '90s just playing around with um, HTML. And so for me, like, the way in was language, uh, you know, a, a like a computer language based on standard generalized markup language. Um, but, uh, and I've always been, like, a wordy person. So um, I, there was a lot to like about writing code. Um, uh, but the thing that really intrigued me was the way that um, you, you really were in charge of the whole thing. Um, When you were writing uh, for the web, when you're writing web pages, when you're doing that by hand. And and that's just how I happened to start. You know, like I got some books out and I just started fooling around. That's really how things begin. I just start fooling around. I just get in there and I start digging around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, made a lot of um, bad things and things that didn't work. And um, most things I made, you know, didn't work or looked um, to me like bad. Um, unappealing um, so uh, they didn't function and but that's that's how I learned so um, that's how I started with user experience and that term didn't exist um, I like grew into um, uh, the job title of information architecture like as sort of a mid-career person um, in the early 2000s I mean I had been like a web designer mm-hmm. through 2000 and then everything kind of fell apart and it's a great moment to mm-hmm. reassemble. Um, when things have fallen apart. So um, I and I think, you know, like um, information technology or, you know, the American like digital, like e-commerce scene, uh, we we were all kind of figuring out how to um, fall back together at the same time. And um, I began to think of myself as an information architect at that time. And that's probably like the industry term that is closest Mm -hmm. to where I come from. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is kind of like thinking really hard about the design of information spaces and it could be like a map Mm -hmm. or it could be you know like street signs or it could be a website or some sort of digital product. Um, um, I think uh, here um, in uh, in an agency context that means that sometimes you're working on um, ads Mm -hmm. Um, you know how does this advertisement that like occurs online or on somebody's smartphone how does it um, present itself, like how, how does a person who's looking at it, what do they do next, um, you know, who are they, that, that's a big part of what we do, like, um, um, who, who, who is the person um, uh, that is looking at this thing, mm-hmm. and, and what is it that they want, and how are their wants and needs, how, how is their, like, need condition balanced against what a business wants, and, you know, I don't think we, um, we're very staunch advocates, um, but we have, we're sort of like Switzerland, in that, like, we, um, you know, we neither, like, um, are biased toward users exclusively nor toward business goals. Um, we try to give everybody, um, uh, what they need Mm -hmm. and a little bit of what they would like. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that, like, um, environments are not dangerous. It's like, like baby-proofing, you know? Like, um, we want to make sure that this house is, like, you know, um, not going to hurt someone. Mm -hmm. Um, so... Um, what's that thing that they say about, like, um, in football, like, you know, we're going to protect this house or something like um, It's that idea that, like, um, we're going to make sure that you're okay. Like, are you okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so um, I think what I like to do most is to think about, like, with people, and you and I have done a lot of this, like, what is the point? You know, like, what are we, like, what is the very, like, like, um, if you peel away all the layers of what this thing is going to look like or function like, you know, what's the, um, um, what is the very central idea, you know, and how would you say it? Like, if you were going to tell somebody, how would you say it in just a few words, you know? Mm-hmm. This is a tool that people use to compare shoes, mm-hmm. or um, this is a room that doctors and patients meet in um, to make patients better. Or I don't know. I mean, I'm making these things up. You know, this is a machine. Um, I need a machine that people ride uh, that like goes um, from one city to another city it can yeah. cross like you know thousands of miles. Mm-hmm. You know, what what does that machine have to have? Like, um, is it a rocket? You know, is it an airplane? Is it a balloon? Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, who's flying it and who's who are the passengers and when is it traveling and how fast does it have to go? Like, what does it r- run on? Mm-hmm. Um, I like all those questions and and like talking I like well I don't have the answers to any of those like I think we are expert at looking elsewhere for answers mm-hmm. and then being kind of the conduit um, between people who have the answers and people who need the answers mm-hmm. so and then I think the result is a an, an interface that other people can use you know often we don't design for ourselves, we never really design for ourselves, Mm -hmm. and we rarely design for our business partners. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly we design for the customers of our business partners, um, and we are very rarely those people, Mm -hmm. you know? So we have to find out, like, um, what are their needs and what are their, you know, what are their Mm -hmm. desires, um, and how do we begin to encapsulate that? Um, How do we demonstrate that quickly, and Mm -hmm. how do we correct, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, is. It's absolutely fascinating, and and I already I can imagine part two of the podcast will oh, be about. Um, love the fact that you've already provided context to user experience as a domain, so much in addition to a standard job description. You know, audience who are, um, I guess, at a career switch to say, I want to consider this, or I'm just fresh out of school. I want to know what this is about. So they go to these company websites and be like, okay, Wireframe, OmniGraffle, what is it really like? And now I feel like there's so much more context to it. And I would love to have a follow-up session on, um, you know, sort of helping people identify if they have the right attributes to where they're ready to commit the right effort into this domain. Um, that would be really interesting. But at the same time, to kind of, part of that is self-selection, part of that is, would if after a little while, I am a UX designer, but I don't, I'm not sure if this is quite right for me anymore. And how do you really um, see that as well? And that could be very challenging uh, to say, maybe this isn't for me, things along that line. And uh, to quickly wrap up this podcast, if I may give you just a couple of rapid fire questions.
1: Okay, no more compliments though.
0: No more compliments, you know, and then the this particular section it will move along very quickly. I'm ready. You know, any questions that you were, you're like, "Eh, not so sure, we could just skip ahead. Okay. So, question number one, imagine you had a Kickstarter project, Mm -hmm. or if you're funded by MacArthur uh, project, what what would it be?
1: Um, Well, I think it would be something about, um, I think I would want to use comics or um, like the visual dimension of information in some way. I want to think about like a big project, a big like teaching project, uh, you know, teaching people to do something um, through some sort of like visual, um, instructional like, uh, but interesting, I'm making it sound terrible, but like teaching like a wide audience, um, something really simple. Mm -hmm. Um, I would want a simple sort of like drawn thing that people could learn with.
0: Awesome. It sounds, it reminded me of Khan Academy, but without too much commentary, um, what would you say to your 18 or 20-year-old self? That what would you have, not so much what would you have done differently, but...
1: I would just say relax.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. I'm still
1: saying that to my 45-year-old self, (laughs) and I'm not very good at it. Um, That's really hard for me.
0: Interesting. What is your morning routine?
1: Oh, um, I love systems, and I love routines, and um, uh, usually, you know, like I know it takes me like 45 minutes to, to get ready, and I like, you know, I pack my lunch in the morning. This is about work, like a work day. You know, I pack my lunch, I take a shower sometimes. Um, you know, I get ready to go, I put all my things in, in my baggage, and, and then I commute. But um, I really like um, quiet time. Um, I really like to be my, by myself in the morning. Um, I will sometimes, like, meditate. I would like to, um, like, exercise, like, run. Like, um, I actually hate running.
0: Mm-hmm. I hate it. Me too.
1: Um, but I do it, and I don't do it because, like, I, I actually think that you don't have to do th- You don't always have to be doing things you love. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't think you should punish yourself. Like, I don't do things that I've learned. I would also tell my 18-year-old self, like, to stop punishing mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like, I, running is tolerable, but I like what happens for me when I move. So that that is why I run. And I like being outside. Um, so those are two th- good things about running, and I would want that to be part of, like, an idealized morning routine.
0: Mm-hmm. One last. Coffee,
1: one. coffee. Yeah,
0: coffee always. One yeah. last question. Go. What is that one thing or gadget or non-gadget that you can't live without?
1: Uh, um I'm really you know this about me probably but like I'm not a, a very gadget centric um, fellow. I um, but I would say that um, uh, I, I've loved um, you know an iPod or actually yeah I, I always carried around like a Walkman or a tape player and headphones. Mm-hmm. Like I w- I really really enjoy like like in your ear headphones earbuds that like go in your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those. I like shutting off the world a little bit. Like, not to cancel the world out. I think noise-canceling headphones, fascinating to me. Like, like I am going to cancel, I want to cancel the noise. Like, um, I don't want to cancel the noise, but I do like to hear music. And for me, it's a lot of jazz, it's a lot of kind of like planetarium music, almost like hard, angular, ambient music sometimes. But I like to, uh, things without words, I love Songs with words, but if I'm like working or thinking or doing artwork, I words are really distracting for me. So I'd like to have um, headphones. Uh, That I would. I mean, I can live without anything, Mm -hmm. but uh, if but that would be the first thing. Like I'd want to have a lot of music and I'd want to have some great headphones that go inside my ear and don't cancel things, but give me give me um, some great sound.
0: Very specific. Thank you so much. I have so many more questions, but that will have to be in part two, and I look forward to doing this with you again.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Faye.
0: Thank you, Caleb. I know you have to run to a meeting. I'll cut the rest out, but... Thank you. Oh was so much fun. Is this okay? Yes. No, this is lovely. And is this what you wanted? This is exactly what I wanted. I had... More questions like your creative routine and and kind of get started. Ask those later. Yeah, let's do that later. So we have even more questions. It would be really interesting, a dedicated session to help people get started in the field. Yeah. Because there's always this cloud that people can walk through and the moment they go through, it's like, that's it, you know, it wasn't that hard.
1: I know, I know. And I I feel like if that, if if we could almost say like um, the goal of this podcast is to help you feel like you can, um, that you could do this. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I feel like I'm going to start my, you know, it's the start of my day. My day is going to be different. My week is going to be different.
1: You know, me too. I feel it's been a great conversation. I feel like um, it's always nice to talk to you. It's really nice to be like so serious about it. Like, and thank you for doing that, for saying like, okay, this is like serious and it's worthy of me mm-hmm. doing this podcast project. And let's get together and talk and not have it just be like a conversation, you know, um, in between place A and place mm-hmm. B, but let's like, let's make this real.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully, um, it's a thing, and then you can check out other people. I will be interviewing. Oh, I want to. You know, I think that'll be really, really cool.
1: You're a great person.
0: Thank you, Kaylee. You're very special, and I'm so glad you could move on to also influence other people. I hope so. I mean, I hope.
1: I hope. I. I mean, I hope they get influenced to be more themselves. You know. Hmm. Um, so. Um I was thinking do you know um there's a website called The Great Discontent Mm and and they do the it's not podcast I don't think but it, but it's like interviews with like designers and um it's um like Q&A and I I have a, I don't um I wish that I could spend more time reading it but there's some great like interviews and I
0: will yeah
1: um it's nice
0: Awesome. If I tell me what reason. you think? I will. I will do that right away. Um, I want to give something if you don't know that already. Sonza. S-O-N-G-Z-A. Sonza. Okay. They used to be a paid music service, but not anymore. And they capture your mood... And they have literally you go to the you go to the website and it's
1: like it's mood you choose mood and they and they give based you music on based music. on oh I love that idea and
0: no lyrics like seriously yeah exactly you are, are do you, working you a do thing? you
1: do that do yeah, you use of it of course
0: of course I use it every day you do yeah like lyrics no lyrics hey nineties uh, feel happy bubbly music or do you in two thousand seventies I mean it is and also the best part is if it's a rainy day it's like music for a rainy day. And then if it's Sunday afternoon, it's like, are you playing in a park? I'm like, oh my god, I'm playing in a park. And then I'm reading, are you playing in a park and reading a book? Yes, I am. How does it know that? Because some of that is generic. Some of that is user experience, right? Like, what are the most common themes and activities on a at 3 right. p.m. on a Saturday? I love that. Yeah. And, of course, they have iPhone app, Android app, and then also the internet browser experience.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to yeah. download that. Cool. You're really a great person, Thank and you. I, can. I just you're very feel special. special. I feel really lucky that we could work together.
0: Thank you. This and will continue. Maybe yeah, I can yeah. help you out with some of the projects you're thinking about to partner with you on some of the things outside of work. I would
1: love That's that. Especially. Yeah.
0: Yeah.